Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannacarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The climate change death cult. Governor Winsome Sears is joining us now. And let's find out about China militarily, economically. There's a lot going on. All that's coming on on I'm Right. Why the climate stuff for the communists? Have you ever wondered that? Why? Why is it the communists who grabbed a hold of this insane concept that man is changing the climate, why would they jump on that? It's odd, isn't it? What's well, not odd when you understand what they are. Remember, this isn't just me who calls them anti-humans. People who have suffered under communism, people like Solzhenitsyn, called communists the enemies of humanity because that's what they are. They're anti-humans. Now, if I decided I hated human beings, I thought human beings were the problem. You notice all the solutions, they always involve people dying or going away. All the solutions they come up with always involve something like that. Well, if this person would just shut up, if this person would just die, if that person would just be locked up. So they they hate humans. Now, if I hated humans and I was an anti-human, I don't think I could think of a better cause to jump on than the cause that says human beings are destroying the planet. And in order to save the planet and save human beings, we need a bunch of human beings to die. And let's focus on this for a moment before we get to the Maui stuff and what they're doing. Remember, these people have been caught on camera multiple times. Oftentimes they'll say this in public where they really don't, they can't catch themselves. 
they'll say things like, well, human population needs to be what it was 500 years ago. Well, that means like six billion people are gonna have to die. That's what they believe. They believe people have to die. And as an anti-human, it's important we all understand this as well, because this goes well beyond climate stuff and wildfires and things like that. As an anti-human, remember, there's no such thing as a human tragedy for someone who is anti-human. I, I hate ants, especially because our house is currently being overrun with ants. I even have an ant bite down here on my leg. It hurts, but I hate ants. I despise them. Fascinating creatures, but I hate them. I'm an anti-ant. I hate them. You could never come to me with any story about a bunch of ants dying and stir something emotionally in me because I'm anti-ant. Oh, Jesse, there was this horrible tragedy. A million ants died in a fire. That wouldn't mean anything to me. I should probably make me happy. I'd probably say nice. Anyway, you want to go get a beer? Well, it's important you understand that's how these people look at people. There's no human tragedy when there's a school shooting. Why do they run to the podium and make it about politics right off the bat? Why do they do that? Well, you see a dead kid and your heart breaks and you're breaking for the child and the family. And they don't see dead humans. Or if they do, they're just something, just an opportunity. There's no tragedy there. It's just whatever. That's why when there's a fire that burns people to death, keep in mind, a 14-year-old boy was found cooked, clutching his dog, who was also cooked. That's the kind of tragedy that happened in Maui. And yet, anti-human after anti-human ran to the podium, and all they saw was opportunity. I think that we, uh, we very much need to acknowledge uh, that climate change is upon us. To stop these disasters from getting w even worse, we have to cut the carbon pollution that's driving the climate crisis. Are you saying that climate change amplified the cost of human error? Yes, it did. If you look at it, I mean, everything from the fire, the tragic fire in Hawaii, to Texas, which had something like 75 days in a row, <laughs> over 95, I mean, it's completely really amazing has happened with climate change. You see, when I just told you that story about that 14-year-old boy and his dog, I bet it hurt you, didn't it? It did. It hurt me. When I remember when I read it, I sent it to my wife, and I said, is this not the worst thing you've ever seen? It just gutted me. Uh, maybe you had an audible response when I said that story, a 14-year-old boy just holding his dog at the very end. Just, I bet you, I bet, I bet there's a great chance you went, oh, something like that. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad you have that inside of you. But it's also important, you, human being, it's so important for you to understand that the communist not only didn't have that feeling you had, he's not even capable of it. I could show you a picture of that boy and his dog, and it would rip your heart out. But the communist... The communists would look at that same picture, and I know this is so difficult to accept, but he would be happy because he would see that boy and his dog, and he would see a tremendous opportunity for power.
It would. You bring up that story to the FEMA administrator and the journalists, they're excited about it. Uh, thank you. Administrator, to what extent do you attribute climate change as a cause of this storm and the other weather events that we're seeing over the last weeks and months? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to attribute the cause of the storm, but what I can say is that we are seeing an increase in the number of severe weather events. And what we saw with this storm, as we have seen with several of our hurricanes over the last few years, is that they are intensifying more rapidly due to the um, elevated heat of the water temperature in the Gulf or in the Pacific or whether it's in the Atlantic. These storms are intensifying so fast. They can't help themselves. I live in Hurricane Alley here in Houston, Texas. I should note, we actually haven't had a hurricane this year. Anyone in Florida will tell you this has been the slowest year of hurricanes we can remember. But again, none of that stuff matters to the communists because he's not worried about hurricanes or tragedy or fires or any, or he's not worried about these things. It doesn't occur to him. A hurricane can land and wipe out people's homes. A fire can tear through it. And you'll still have Joe Biden and the communists around him standing up and just seeing opportunity. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around. Historic floods. I mean, historic floods. More intense droughts. Extreme heat. Significant wildfires have caused significant damage like we've never seen before, not only throughout the Hawaiian Islands in the United States, but in Canada and other parts of the world. We've never seen this much fire. Yeah, man-made climate change is not real, and it's really important for you to understand that the anti-humans will use every bit of power they have to try to make you think it is real so they can gain more power and money and so they can destroy what they truly hate the United States of America. All this destruction is intentional. Your power grid, which is now unreliable, that's done intentionally. The brownouts and blackouts that will come, it's done intentionally. The mass food shortages resulting in the death of billions, it's not going to be an accident. It's all done intentionally, and it's done intentionally by the anti-humans. Remember that. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. And China, China ain't involved in all this climate change nonsense. You know why? Because China's not interested in losing the way we want to lose. China's interested in winning. We're going to break down exactly what's happening there in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to your dog. Let's get to your puppy and how he needs nutrition. Dogs need nutrition the same way we need nutrition. As much as I would love to eat a fast food double cheeseburger, maybe with some curly fries dipped in ranch every single day. I actually can't do that. You know why? Because there's no nutrition in it. It's delicious, but it's empty calories. You give your dog a double cheeseburger every meal. Dog food is dead food. There's nothing in it. It's just empty calories. It's crap. It doesn't mean you have to stop giving your dog the dog food. Pour some rough greens on it. All natural nutritional supplement pours right on your dog's food. And they give out free bags. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse gets you a free Jumpstart trial bag. All you pay for is the shipping. Or you can call them. They're wonderful on the phone. Call them. 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge, I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I miss Herbie. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's lithium? You hear about this a lot. I have heard of lithium batteries. It sounds like it might be something that's important. It also seems like it might be really important that we're running out of it. 
Anyway, let's talk to smart people about this so we can figure out exactly how worried we should be. Joining me now, Michael Pillsbury, the senior fellow for China strategy at the Great Heritage Foundation. Okay, Michael, break this down for me as if I'm stupid, and I am. What is lithium and why should I care? <laughs> well, lithium is one of a family of what are called rare earth elements. And they go into the manufacturer of all modern things like jet fighters and, and automobiles and you name it. Uh, all of these things are called rare earth elements because they're rare. They're very expensive to mine. They're hard to locate in the first place. In the second place, there's not a lot of profit. So private companies are not too attracted. The Chinese got onto this 25 years ago or more. Uh, they realized in some internal secret studies in China that if they could buy up the source of these rare earth elements, which are all over the world, especially in Africa, um, they could dominate industrial production in the future. How they did this, it looks like they had some help from Western scientists. So you're seeing the unfolding of about a 25 year uh, strategy they've had to try to dominate rare earth elements, lithium being one of them. It's important because of the, its role in batteries, keep having batteries keep a charge. Okay, Michael, can you explain to me why it wouldn't be profitable? And I ask that because just basic economics say, okay, it's rare. You say we need it for all kinds of things, so it's limited, and we need it. That sounds like, to me, it should be about the most profitable thing in the world. Why is it not profitable? <laughs> because you had to know a great deal about the future of the economy and the future of industrial production uh, 25 years ago to know that it was going to be profitable then. Very few people knew that. How the Chinese are able to get ahead of economic growth and figure out what to do is a, is a mystery. We know to some degree how they do it, but uh, it's not just lithium and rare earth elements. Right now, they've got a theory in China that the future of world economics, the future of profit, if you will, is going to be data. It's going to be electronic commerce going to be able to use your cell phone to do all kinds of things and have artificial intelligence on it to make even more uh, sales according to the pattern of your previous sales. They have committed hugely, as Mr. Trump might say, their economy to a data-driven approach. We have not done that. We're still kind of in the old brick and mall, brick and uh, factory approach of going to a shopping center saying, I think I'll buy that and then paying with a credit card. China China has anticipated the number of areas in the future where they are bidding heavily on their view of how the world is going to, to make profit. Uh, and, and we are simply not doing that. There's all kinds of reasons in, in terms of comp competitiveness, why the Chinese are pulling ahead of us in so many areas. But it's not just uh, rare earth elements and lithium. It's not just a data-driven economy. There's several other areas, as many as 10, where they're pulling ahead of us in, in the military field as well. They've invested heavily in drones and hypersonic missiles. Our own military has thought this was too, too futuristic, uh, too reckless. So we are behind in those areas now. Yeah, I think you get the big picture, Jesse. Oh, great. That's, this all is sounding pretty much freaking horrible, Michael. Let's rewind just a minute ago to something you said. <laughs> For a bunch of different reasons, they're ahead of us. Well, I mean, we got 10 minutes here. What are the reasons? <laughs> well, one reason is the ideology of our leadership. As you know very well, we have a commitment in, our, in a lot of our CEOs uh, that diversity 
equity, uh, wokeness, that these are important issues. And so our workforce has to be tailored uh, with these issues in mind, as opposed to the Chinese approach, which is really a very uh, old-fashioned philosophy called mercantilism, that what is best for the market, what is best to dominate uh, the world market is what China should do. And one example where we see this happen, we used to have a total monopoly in the U.S. on the top capitalized corporations in the world. There's an annual uh, Fortune 500 capitalization index. And it usually was all American companies, some Swiss, some British, zero Chinese. That's 20 years ago. More recently, the Chinese have surpassed us. They have more largely capitalized firms than we do. Uh, In the top 10, for example, the majority are Chinese. Top four banks in the world now are Chinese banks. If you go into a broader uh, set of indicators, there's just a number of areas, the number of supercomputers. I'll tell you one that I'm, I had to laugh. The Chinese have now surpassed us, Jesse, in the number of billionaires in China. There are roughly 600 billionaires in China. We have about 500 billionaires. So you would think there'd be some, some indicators that we would be ahead, but there's very few. Um, that's one of our projects at the Heritage Foundation. We're going to publish an index of these top 50, even 100 indicators, uh, where it's just jaw-dropping how we have fallen behind over the last 10 or 20 years. And part of it, as I say, is the attitude of our leadership. If we had a Congress, uh, if we had a White House that was totally focused on American primacy, American continued domination, of technology, global markets, the military balance of power, uh, we behave a lot differently than we do. The Chinese have that approach. So they may make mistakes, they may have uh, cycles of up and down in their in their economic growth, but overall it's this really zealous commitment in China to becoming number one in the world that's driving them and, and we just don't seem to have it. Okay. Uh- Something that also concerns me, and gosh, we could spend all day on that, something concerns me greatly, and that's how many of America's leaders, business and political, have, they seem to be invested, we'll put it to you that way, invested uniquely in China. Obviously, most recently, we have Jennifer Granholm consulting with China about U.S. oil reserves, but that's one of, honestly, I can't stand her, but that's one of a million examples I could give of our people seem Mm -hmm. to be bought off pretty easily by their people, and their people don't seem to be bought off that easily by our people. (laughs) That's a good indicator, the number of people on either side who are bought off. Uh, I I would argue, I would agree with you, a lot of American leaders behave as though part of their duty is to help China. Now, this began with President Nixon and Henry Kissinger in the Cold War with the idea of balancing the Soviet Union, but it went much further. And when the Cold War ended in 1990 or 1991, uh, that you would have thought we would start seeing China as a competitor then, but we did not. We continued, uh, for example, to let the World Bank have the largest offices in the world in China. Uh, The World Bank's greatest partner for loaning money became China. And the Chinese over time got the largest share of any country in carrying out World Bank contracts. So that's just one example of many where our leadership's consensus is a kind of wishful thinking 
that we owe it to China to help them grow and develop. And this is part of our duty is to help uh, this poor backward uh, Chinese country get ahead. Unfortunately, they did that. They're now ahead of us in many ways. We're still ahead of them slightly in total GDP. They're about 75% of our GDP. But the Soviet Union never got more than about 20% of our GDP. Uh, the, the war against Japan in World War II, that was a country, the, the Japanese at the time, about 10% of our GDP. But it still took us almost three years to defeat the, the Japanese. So we've, we've created this modern China, something that President Trump used to say a lot. We built China. It's quite literally true. And its policy is still in effect, even as they are beginning to pull ahead of us now in so many areas. Okay, Michael, can you speak on how China is doing financially? You just mentioned their GDP being 75% of ours, but I take a step back and I look at all the vast quantities of wealth they're spending around the world, all the Belt and Road stuff and otherwise. These ghost cities they build that go empty, they have to tear right. them down. They, they devalue their own currency. There's a long laundry, plus the lockdowns, there's a laundry list of things China does that from the outside looking in, I look at it and I say, my goodness, financially, they have to be on shaky ground. How are they not on shaky ground? Well, in a way, if they drive themselves into a ditch by following the wrong economic policies, that's really our only hope. Because so far, our own leadership has not been galvanized by China to pursue more powerful competitive strategies. So if the Chinese, they're quite capable of making huge errors. In uh, 1958, they made a huge error called the Great Leap Forward, where Chairman Mao decided that all farmers ought to eat together in the same cafeteria. And everybody should pool their land and have communes. Well, the GDP sank like a rock. There were up to 10 or 20 million deaths because of a famine and because of these bad policies. So that's the case that a lot of Chinese remember, that the Communist Party ideology can lead you into making fatal economic errors. They recovered from that and made another set of errors in the 60s, the so-called Cultural Revolution, where once again the GDP fell, uh, there were many, many deaths, and they recovered from that only after many years. So that is our hope, that China now is on, as you put it, Jesse, uh, shaky financial grounds, that they'll make errors, uh, that 75% of our growth of our GDP is the highest they'll ever get. That's called the peak China theory. The Economist magazine, the Wall Street Journal are all pushing this now. The Chinese are pushing it too. They're saying, don't worry about us. We're never gonna surpass you. Uh, we're on shaky grounds. Uh, and they have a set of indicators of how they're doing relatively poorly. For example, their average per capita income is only about one-tenth or so of what our uh, per capita income is or what the Swiss and friends and Germans are. So they play that yeah. up. They try to pretend like um, they are the weak country. Please continue these uh, policies we have of helping Chinese growth. I myself, there's bulls and bears on China's future. I'm more on the bullish side. I've seen them pull themselves out of these disastrous decisions time after time. And what they've got on their side, I mentioned this term mercantilism. Mercantilism means you build up your own foreign reserves. In the old days, 250 years ago, it was your gold. Now it's your other instruments, such as US Treasury bonds. The Chinese have almost 3 trillion 
in their foreign reserves. They can draw on this reserve power to stimulate their economy when they need to. We can't. We have almost no foreign reserves in America. We have the gold in Fort Knox, but that's about it. Good grief. Okay, finally, I'm sorry I kept you so long, Michael. Let's, let's talk about the military angle of it, which you brought up. Have they caught up with us? If not, how fast are they catching up with us? People want to know if, if this does happen. There's some shaky things going on. We got Taiwan, the Russia-Ukraine stuff. Right. I know Russia and China are working together. If, if we have to get it on with the Chinese, how's that going to go? Right. Well, there's two kinds of scenarios. And I wrote a book about this called The 100-Year Marathon. Uh, it's kind of a scary book. It's now translated, Jesse, into eight different languages. Most of the countries that surround China uh, have bought the book in their own in their own language, Korean, Japanese, Malaysian, uh, even Mongolian. So one kind of scenario is how does China compare with us on a global basis? There we are very far ahead. We have a global base network. We have long-range bombers. They don't have long-range bombers. They have two or three uh, foreign bases. They're not as big as ours. Uh, but even in that area, in outer space, they're beginning to challenge us. They can do things in space we thought they would never be able to do. So the other kind of scenario is close to China, a war over Taiwan or in the South China Sea or China attacks one of its neighbors. There, they dominate. They tend to have a two to one or three to one superiority if it's a scenario that's just within 100 miles or less of their borders. So that's where we're still ahead on a global basis, uh, I would say by far. But on the near to China set of scenarios, there's a very good chance we would lose uh, any military conflict quite quickly within two or three weeks of going to war with China. Oh, God have mercy. Michael, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you very much. They're also increasing. They're increasing their, their nuclear weapons at a rate, rate that we did not anticipate. That's another area that's global in its in its consequences, the nuclear balance of power. Oh, oh good. Little things like that. Michael, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Got some culture war stuff to talk about. Before we get to the culture war stuff, let's do this. What is China buying again to make sure they're fine? Maybe we should bring Michael back on. What did he say China was buying to make sure they don't have to stress this collapsing or that collapse economically? What was it? What was it again? Gold. You know, times do change, but at the same time, they don't. If you wanted to build wealth as an empire 5,000 years ago, you would amass gold right here in the year 2023. You want to build up a, a, a base to where you can only fall so far because you have this great reserve that can't be defeated by inflation here or there. What do you buy? Gold. Call Oxford Gold Group. I don't expect you to buy trillions, but they'll get gold coins or silver coins to your front door in your physical possession. We all need it now. They'll get it in your 401k or IRA to make sure you don't get wiped out. 833 995 gold. Tell them I told you to call. I promise they will take good care of you. I sent my own father there. My friends, that's the only place I go. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts how could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
When a kid tells you that they're transgender, believe them. A lot of people will say that it's impossible for a four-year-old to know if they're trans or not, but actually that's not true. They can know. That's not to say that all kids will realize they're transgender when they're little. A lot don't. I didn't until I was 27, but I can't tell you how many people I've met that knew they were trans at four or five years old. So if there's a kid in your life who's telling you they're trans, please believe them. They know what they're talking about, and your support might save their life. I feel so old. Joining me now, Tristan Justice. He is the Western correspondent for the great Federalist. Okay, Tristan, it's one thing for that circus freak to go on TikTok and spout that idiocy. It's another thing entirely for the Attorney General of California to get in on the action. You've got a piece up about this. What's happening in California? Well, California is on the fast track to become some type of sanctuary for uh, trans-identified adolescents who want to change their gender, especially behind their parents' back. Um, so last fall, the California governor signed legislation to encourage uh, adolescents come into the state to pursue permanent medical procedures, while the, the state attorney general is now suing a Southern California California school district uh, for mandating parents be notified whenever their child at school uh, decides to uh, attempt a gender change, whether by pronoun uh, use or a uh, different sports team. Okay, so is this something that's already in place? They're trying to make this in place essentially for everybody watching in California right now. Do they have to be worried about their kids now? Well, Republican legislators are already encouraging parents to flee the state. And so I know the Southern California School District oh. was implementing this policy for the upcoming year. Uh, and now the state attorney general is coming down to, to sue. And I just want to point out that I think the, 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 the transgender influencer that you just featured, uh, I think the most dangerous thing that they said was one of the very last things saying you might save a transgender child's life by affirming their uh, gender dysphoria. When actually we know from multiple studies that is not the case. In fact, it's easing access to permanently uh, medically changing procedures that actually amplifies risk of suicide in, in gender-confused adolescents. Yes, that is the ultimate lie. The greatest lie they tell is that, that it's good for the mental health of the children because that's the lie that convinces parents, Tristan, that they have to go along with this idiocy because they're worried about losing their baby boy or baby girl, but they're really they're signing them up for a life of probably drugs and early suicide. Right now, California parents are organizing uh, to try to turn the tide in California. We already knew multiple polls throughout the country are showing the tides turning on specifically transgender issues. But now parents are organizing uh, after, especially after a Republican lawmaker encouraged parents to flee the state if they cared about their children. Uh, parents are uh, attempting to put on a, a series of ballot initiatives for this fall that would require student, uh, uh, teachers and administrators uh, uh, notify parents whenever students try to change their gender and would uh, bar uh, you know, uh, biological males from competing in women's sports. Okay, but it is California. What do we think about the odds of these things? And don't get me wrong, I applaud these parents. I'm glad they're digging in and trying to fight back and do something. What are the odds any of this stuff actually goes through? Well, as Californians continue to shift uh, left and left and half, this there's no secret about that. There are there are there is some reason to be optimistic about where the where the state remains on some of these more sensitive topics. We know Americans are overwhelmingly overwhelmingly against the erasure of, of women's sports by including biological males, and in California in particular, the organizing group putting these initiatives together has actually found majority of Californians are opposed to uh, the elimination of, of women's sports leagues and opposed to uh, teachers and administrators concealing their child's newfound gender identity from parents. 
Tristan, it surprised me when you said that California Republican legislators are encouraging families to leave the state. That doesn't sound like a hopeful sign for where they're going forward. Right. I think it was actually in December that a California state senator recommended parents leave the state over new legislation that would have uh, promoted uh, children to pursue these uh, permanent medical procedures behind their parents back and, and the, that same state lawmaker you know finished his, his speech at the state legislature by pledging himself to leave the state once his legislative term expired yeah tristan thank you so much i appreciate it but thank you for having me all right let's hear from lieutenant governor winsome sears of virginia how did she and glenn youngkin how they take power in virginia Virginia is not a red state. It's probably not a purple state. Virginia is a blue state. And yet we have Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears there. I like winning. I know you like winning. How'd they do it? We'll talk to her about that in a moment before we get to that. I know sometimes things can happen that make you stressed, give you anxiety, sitting there frustrated because something didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. Shoot, I feel that way right now. That's why you need to get some CBD in your life. But where do you get that? Because there's a new store popping up on every corner, right? Everyone's got CBD now, except that's the problem. Most of these places are not tested. They're not tested. They don't treat it as if it is what it is. They treat it as if it's just something for suckers. CB Distillery has only the highest quality. That's why they have the reputation they have. And they have these little gummies you can take chill you right out. They have them for sleep. They have these roll-ons for pain. And they have 20% off the entire website. All of it. That's what I use, by the way. The ones for, for stress, sleep, pain. The roll-on for pain. CBDistillery.com, promo code JESSE. All right? CBDistillery.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts how could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life 
My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And Bidenomics is just another way of saying restoring the American dream. Bidenomics. It's so stupid. Who comes up with all this stupid stuff for these people? Joining me now, somebody who does know something about the American dream and semperified or her from one Marine to another, the Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Virginia and author of the book How Sweet It Is, Winsome Sears joins us now. Governor. Your story actually is the American dream and not just the Marine Corps part. For those who don't know you, tell us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it started with my be the place where he would restart his life. He would get the second chance. And of course, he only came, as I've always said, with a dollar seventy-five and took any job he could find and used that money to put himself through school. And he came at the height of the civil rights movement. So, but he thought that this was still the best place to come as a black man to make it in this world. And, and then he brought me when I was six years old from Jamaica. So, and here I am now, second in command in the former capital, the Confederacy. How sweet it is. How sweet it is. Can you explain something, Governor, in in ways you probably understand better than I do. Why are we so lacking in patriotism as a nation? Not, not each and every individual, not the people watching right now, not you, but as a nation, we don't love this place. You see it all over the place, not just with young people. I'm not indicting the next generation either. People don't have a genuine care for this country anymore. How did we get there? You know, I think when you have it so good all the time, you don't realize what you have, they say, until you lose it. Well, hopefully we don't lose America. 
because we can't afford to. There is no other place to come to. And we've sold, unfortunately, our children on this idea of a perfect country. There is no such thing. It's called utopia and it doesn't exist. And by the way, even if it did, the minute that you arrive, it's not going to be perfect. So we have to work with the system that we're given and it's the best so far. And you know who said that? None other than Benjamin Franklin when he was trying to tell the attendees at the Constitutional Convention that they have looked at Europe to see what would be a good state of government. They have looked in antiquity and they have found none. And you know where they found it eventually? In the Bible under Jeremiah 33 and 11, um, uh, Jeremiah 33 and 22, where it says, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our judge, and the Lord is our king. That's that's the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. So I think we just need to teach civics again. What about teaching the Bible again? I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought up that verse. We, it is a nation that we've gotten so in love with freedom, and I love the idea of freedom and religious freedom, and I love that idea as well, that anybody can practice their faith here. But we've gotten to this place where we have no faith as a nation, and we don't have leaders oftentimes, especially at a national level, I'm glad you do, who speak about it. It's almost a, a foreign language to them. If you hear someone say it, you almost, you almost say to yourself, wow, that's, that's different. That never used to be different, Republican or Democrat. That was the norm in this country. Yeah, uh, you know, and we have the freedom of religion in this country, and I love that. You know, if you want to worship this person or whatever it is, then you do that. But you don't intrude upon my right to worship as well. And I think that's sort of where we've gotten. There are a group of people who know what's best for all of us. And what they're doing is they're pushing their ideas about government. They're pushing their ideas about education, their ideas about what religion should look like, what, what life is about on us. And that's not the way this works. That's not how any of this works. This is a free country. And indeed, freedom is, my friends, expensive. It's, it's quite expensive. Now let's talk about so what you and Governor sure Youngkin... Now, let's talk about what you and Governor Youngkin have done there in the state of Virginia. Virginia is not a red state by any means. Many people would argue, probably myself included, it's not even really a purple state. It was quite blue for a while, and I'm sitting here talking to Republican Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, who works just underneath Governor Glenn Youngkin. How did that happen? Well, because I think the Democrats, the ultra-left Democrats, when they had total control of government, they went a bridge too far. And that's what absolute power will do. And especially in uh, a philosophy that says, we always know what's best for the populace. And unfortunately, they shut down our schools and told us how they would educate our children as if they don't teach us that already. They shut down our houses of worship and said, we will tell you how you will conduct your lives when it comes to your religious beliefs. And then they shut down our businesses when they said, we will decide which businesses are essential and which ones aren't. Well, there were enough Democrats and independents who said, oh no, you all have gone too far. You've lost your minds. Our children aren't learning. I have lost my business as a result of what you've done. And we're not gonna sit and take this anymore. What happened? 
Governor, you and uh, Governor Youngkin are focused on the Secure Your Vote initiative. Can you explain to people what that is and why this is something the GOP as a whole, all 50 states of them should be doing the same thing? Well, we know that in Virginia anyway, that we have been losing when it comes to the absentee ballots and early voting. We can't afford to do that. We've been going into election day, well, 10,000 votes down, 14,000 votes down, that's not going to work. So we have, of course, absentee ballots, and we've got to start doing absentee ballot voting. They, on the other side, they're getting the their voters who are not likely to vote unless the presidential election or a gubernatorial election, they are getting those people to the polls by getting the ballots in their homes 45 days before election day. We have to do the same on the Republican side, because if one company, let's say, has a bite at the pie for 45 straight days and the other company doesn't show up until election day, who do you think is most likely to win? So I'm not even Amen. voting at polls anymore. I'm voting absentee ballot. And here's the thing, finally, when I got my uh, letter telling me that they received my application, they said from now on, the election board said from now on, they will send a ballot 45 days to my home for every special election, every general election, every primary election. I don't have to do anything. And it's sitting here for a whole 45 days. Think about that. Delivered to your home. The vote delivered to your home. That way you never have to remember to wake up on a Saturday here in Texas. All right, before I let you go, Governor, tell me about this wonderful book. Yes. So my book, How Sweet It Is, is really about the American dream and about some of the tragedies that I've faced and that we have to rise up from the ashes that can't waddle and, and you know, after you grieve, you've got to get up and keep moving. This is your one life and this is all, you know, when you have children, you've got to make sure that you show them the way you give them hope. And it also talks about some of the political, um, I want to say, idiocracy that I faced uh, being a black Republican, you know, and and how we just need to let each other be. And by the way, I hope that as Republicans, if I don't vote as a you know, Democrat, then I am not black enough. I think we need to just let each other be and vote however you want to and let's come together for the good of the nation. Governor, rooting for you, appreciate you very much. Thank you. All right. We have lighten the mood next. Let's uh, lighten your nose. I don't know if that's how I should say that, but at least that's what allergies do to people. They get you a stuffy nose all the freaking time. It's the middle of the summertime or the spring. You're blowing your nose all the time like it's winter and you got a cold. You don't have to live like that. You know that, right? You know there's Eden Pure Thunderstorm out there. Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier in the history of mankind, which is weird because at least in my experience, it's the freaking smallest. It's only like that big. And it's the quietest. Doesn't hardly make any noise. Goes in the outlet, removes the viruses and mold from your air. Cleans your air like nature does after a thunderstorm in your room. Go get a three pack. They sell three packs of these. I own nine of them. They sell three packs for $200 off right now. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, that gets you $200 off a three-pack. All right? Go get you some Eden Pure Thunderstorms. Lighten your nose. Ah, we'll see you in a minute.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge, I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man. It's called Mal Evans. It was on And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And as you know, we are down to, what, two days left with me having hair. And I do need to clarify something. 
I'm not going to shave it like with a straight razor. So it's not going to be all shiny or something. I'm just buzzing it down because, I mean, look at me. Look at me. It's a daggone mess. I'm buzzing it down. So I've been thinking about that, and that made me think a lot more about me. And, you know, we did a special right here on The First TV about me, my story. You want to watch that? It's pretty stinking good. You have to go sign up to be a First TV supporter at thefirsttv.com slash support. That gives you access to not just that special with me having hair, all the specials we've done with me having hair, all right? Thefirsttv.com slash support. Go sign up. Now, <laughs> uh, Nebraska, a uh, gentleman ended up getting pulled over. Maybe you're wondering why he got pulled over. I guess I could explain it to you, except the video is pretty self-explanatory. Police Division responded to a call of a man driving eastbound on 275 with a Watusi ball in his passenger seat. Uh, well, uh, the officers received a call reference a car driving into town that had a, a cow in it. Um, they thought that it was going to be, you know, like a calf, something smaller, something that actually fit inside the vehicle. And the vehicle was big enough. Well, technically. As a result, the, the officer performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that were occurring uh, with that particular uh, situation. The Watusi Bull's name was Howdy Doody. He was immediately pulled over by Norfolk police and they performed a routine traffic stop. The officer wrote him some warnings. Um, there were some citable issues with that situation. <laughs> the officer chose to write him a warning and ask him to take the animal back home and, and to leave the city. Meyer and Howdy Doody are on their way back home and no one was hurt. <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite part is the, well, they wrote him some warnings. Uh, just go back home and please leave the city. <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.